2: Podcast.
1: All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Fighting Fit show. For the first time in a long while, you have got myself, Stephen, Chris, and Brandon all on the same episode. It's been hard to align, get everybody's schedules aligned, but here we go. Going forward, it should be the three of us, yeah, at least. Um, so how are we doing today, lads?
0: Top notch. I'm here in the
1: mansion. <laughs> well, it's good going well in, in your mansion there if anyone's watching or listening brandon's background is this is his dream house
0: this is it manifest so plan of
1: attack for today guys what we're going to be chatting about is some of the latest updates we have happening in the fighting fit gym then we can see the thing behind me we've got the, our first ever fighting fit games happening on saturday so if you are a member, we will we'll be twisting your arm in yourself. this is going to be the first of a yearly event that is hopefully going to get bigger and bigger over time but this week is just all about getting that first first event across the line getting as many people involved as we can, making sure everybody has great fun, uh, giving out lots of prizes making sure everybody has a good experience um, any questions or feedback or thoughts on the fighting for Fight games guys
2: I'm excited uh, yeah I'm excited, can't wait what is it, what are we doing we, so it's going like
1: to be it's it? going to be uh uh yeah it's going to be a myriad of events kind of it's going to be one of the day i've got lots of events in my mind uh, i have like a rough plan done out but I'm basically waiting to see again is is final numbers so i'll probably say for wednesday for sign up so anybody who hasn't signed up by wednesday we kind of registration will be closed at that point um and mm-hmm. then what i'll be doing is i'm probably going to this is one of, the, one of the main surprises i'll give it away today it's going to be running teams so it will be kind of mini team captains a uh, draft kind of make sure each team has like you know people of all different kind of levels and abilities um and then i said there'll be cardio based events like there's probably gonna be a gonna be a run there's gonna be some sort of strength event there'll be some sort of fitnessy lactic tolerance type event there'll be some sort of um team event and then a couple other uh, little mini challenges sprinkled in there for little mini prizes and stuff along the way although we do want obviously as many people as possible to take part if maybe you can't take part due to maybe injury or, or something like that uh, feel free to sh- show show uh sure bring me to kind of be a bit of a spectator on the day we'll be giving out like you know free drinks and protein shakes and that kind of stuff as well so you know it should be a pretty fun a pretty fun uh pretty fun morning of activities it's only going to be say nine o'clock to one o'clock it's going to last you know three four hours uh, a bit of a break in there in between to kind of let people recover and mingle between events but that's kind of what i have in mind anything you guys would add to that
2: um prizes we need prizes and i think uh, we should bring in donuts that's what i think
1: yeah so donuts is actually yeah, a good show. i, I might get some donuts,
2: donuts again? And
0: coffee yeah, he
1: did say there was loads of prizes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Is a, a high five not a prize? It is, does I mean, it's a, it's part of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but something something more material might be better. But yeah, but that's the that's the plan for the fighting fit game. So we think we have got what, over twenty people signed up so far, and I said oh, we're we're sh- shooting for for be would be ideal. It would have been absolute crazy buzz about the place. So that's kind of what we're working towards. Like everyone else, my. My Go to strategy is commit to it, jump in with two feet, and figure it out as you go. Yeah, build a build was a build an airplane on the airplane on the way down. Same, what i done with the retreat. That's another kind of big thing as well. The retreat's coming up now. Um, I think I am flying out now in three weeks. The first uh, of our retreats is on the 20th. So this is again something that we hope to turn into a regular event. This first one is in the Algarve in Portugal. So I think we've got like 18 20 people signed up so far. So over two long weekends, which is incredible. Um, same thing I've done. In, in April, I tried to get this going earlier in the year. Um, I didn't give myself a, a, a lot of time to plan um, or sell spaces, or maybe give people because obviously people have families and working and things that they have to kind of work around. Um, so I only got a handful of people signed up, and it was maybe six weeks out. So I made the decision to reschedule it. Swallowed the ego, rescheduled it uh, for now. And now, again, everyone's everyone's working, uh, everyone's kind of everyone's coming up coming up Millhouse. Um, so first week again, Sam's actually coming on the first week now. That's gonna resend to Sam or. Right in-house um travel expert so she'll be there to hopefully kind of vlog and kind of give her perspective on it that would be cool um yeah so two long weekends thursday friday saturday thursday friday saturday sunday Uh, people are arriving on the thursday leaving on the sunday um yoga at sunrise some advanced school setting we're gonna basically you know help people decide where they want to go in life what's the plan for the next maybe you know 12 months three years five years where do you want to be in the next the next say, three to five years and then we're essentially going to reverse engineer success and say if we want to get there what do we have to do day to day week to week um, in order to obviously live in balanced life one of my favorite ways to set goals is to use different categories of say health wealth career and contribution so that you're always can live in a balanced life you're not neglecting your relationships it is quite hard i do it quite regularly usually i would only get a good balance between two and neglect two but again it's 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 this life is always going to be this 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 juggling act i find especially kind can of, obviously as, as kids and stuff come into the mix um yeah but that, that sounds pretty cool and then hopefully chris you're going to come out after the box and chris is going to come out for the second weekend. Yeah. Uh, the, the hardest part for us isn't it we, we're kind of working together is it's hard to kind of get get uh, um, loads of kind of time off for this kind of stuff usually one person always has to stay behind and then this situation is going to be brandon uh yeah. christmas down there on the wee the wee family holiday to denrell the there um yeah chris chris gonna be coming out in the thirty after the boxing i think that's another actually cool thing we could talk about chris how you're feeling for the for the championships coming up in a couple of weeks um but that's why chris couldn't chris i was supposed to get sam for the first weekend chris after the second weekend so we had an extra pair of hands another ff member to kind of come out and experience it um take part in the good vibes um but you're going to come out in the thirty when it's all over because we still have a couple of days uh, after yeah. to kind of celebrate and, and hopefully have- hopefully the irish
2: champion at that point Yes. So yeah. So that could be
1: a good a good opportunity to segue. Tell tell anyone who doesn't know what your what, what the plan is for this year. What, what yourself unboxing?
2: Um Yeah. So the goal is to enter the Irish seventy five kilos and uh, when it. Right now I am cutting. I built my way up to eighty kilos this year. I was actually like eighty two at my heaviest, and um, through like strength training and uh, eating. And um, now I am in the process of cutting. So I'm basically using OMAD. I'm uh, trying to have steak and um, steak and lettuce, not lettuce, salad, uh, to try and cut my weight down. It's working, but it's a grind. Uh, I'm going like to protein shakes post-workout as well. So don't know if that counts as OMAD, well, but mass calorie um, reduction and uh, lots of water, lots of caffeine. So
1: what is your, what is your, do you know, do you know what your overall calories are?
2: Um, it's something like 1,200.
0: 1,200
2: high performance athlete body 1200
0: calories that's 1200 calories
2: <laughs> I, saying, I am like i am getting lighter i'm getting leaner and i it's not like yeah. i i don't feel like a massive lack of energy like the today i thought i would, like i thought i'd have a massive reduction in um, strength um since i hit my i hit a 210 a deadlift there a couple of or about a month ago and now i'm sitting at like 78 kilos and uh and i hit 200 uh, 205 this morning so i'm lighter way less calories and this was after doing a boxing workout as well so like i haven't lost much strength i don't feel super hungry all the time just when my ghrelin spikes so obviously i get a little bit miserable i'm like i want to eat but it's the way it is yeah it's not too bad yeah, I,
1: I, I do feel like i do feel like that is a bit of a hack like kind of like intermittent fasting if you're all going to go kind of super low calories like intermittent fasting i feel is one of the best ways to do it because mm-hmm. once your body gets into uh say a he taught uh state of ketosis you your energy levels are going to be fairly consistent like you shouldn't have massive peaks and peaks and lows and then for me if i'm doing that kind of strategy as well it means that when you do eat you get to eat a nice big meal so you're not going to spread your 1200 calories out over say three four three meals and a, and a couple of snacks where you're, it feels like you're yeah, i find i find that
2: same uh, um, that's really hard to do i find the the one big meal i don't know what it is uh, but there's something about like that feeling feeling of being full i really like it so like the i'll, I'll take a picture post on my instagram uh, later of the steak and then like it's steak and then it's like it's a big bowl of salad like it's a big big bowl so it's like but it's it works out only like like 30 or 40 calories it's something stupid like it's ridiculously light on calories and then balsamic vinegar so it's a um, steak and leaves and uh, i'm good to go it's really cool i find i'm stuffed after it
1: yeah no like i said i i, I must but i might actually could be a, a topic for for future podcast. but it's kind of uh, being been come back in my consciousness over the last last couple of months like kind of just fasting and stuff in general as more so as, as a health and longevity too like i feel like nobody really could dispute the fact that you know fasting is actually healthy because obviously there's a lot of talk right now about you know uh, supply chains and all this kind of stuff happening with the farmers and i'm not sure how kind of aware people are of all that stuff but it is pretty it's pretty serious to be honest we're talking about famines and everything um, in the next couple of years or not even in the next six months even or less i think there's 350 million People, according to the World Bank, put into a, a state of food insecurity, meaning that, you know, that their, their next meal is not necessarily reliable, um, which is quite dangerous. But I was thinking if that happened to the Western world and say people were forced to fast, say, for for, for several days at a time, I was thinking, apart from obviously the, say the, say the, um, for want of a better word, say the weak and feeble, most people like, most people would actually come out of it healthier most people if they didn't eat for a couple of days would actually be healthier contrary to popular belief mike and i honestly yeah. like the filter I, I put everything through is like everything popular is wrong i think it was like oscar wilde or somebody who said i can't remember yeah but everything popular is wrong so, was, so it's, there's kind of like a like a like a default state like if you told somebody you're fast and like the automatic reaction is oh my god that can't be good for you
2: you know, yeah, yeah I can't even do that. But, uh, it's uh, then that's
1: like okay. Then I then I kind of put up my laptop and I start doing a bit of research and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, obviously, because it's because it, it's a popular opinion, it's probably wrong. Um, but that's well, maybe I'm just obviously a little bit of a there, there is
2: also school thought though that like just even calorie restriction, just like reducing your calories, not even restrict like reduction. Um, if you're just calories, like it's good for you. Most people overconsume, especially in today's yeah. society. We just yeah. I, I, I,
1: but that but that that is 100 legitimate I, I i can't quote the study but it's when you when you study um like what was it like omaha and japan and a, i think it's somewhere in, in italy somewhere in the mediterranean these people were like they have like a massively high portion of centurions like people who live to 100 or more um one of the things that the study is like time you live longer like there's a massive 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 correlation i'm not sure if it's, it would be considered a causation um but it, people who eat less live longer genuinely mm. like hundred percent. Like I feel like an easy way to think it might be only have a certain amount of miles on the clock on the internal system. And once you pump so much stuff, some people pump in twenty years what other people pump in fifty years The truth, or say the true digestive system. You know, the body just can only process so much without getting uh you know a service or an MOT. And this seems to be what fasting and taking breaks from food does, the process of autophagy. I can't remember I actually watched a video last night, um the guy that won the Nobel prize for discovering autophagy or not discovering it, but he kind of really Conceptualized it are kind of packaged in a nice way that kind of people were able to understand um but this process of, of autophagy autophagy means self-eating so it's basically a process of which within your cells you're all of the junk to turn that into energy so it's a way that your body you know takes all the all the crap in the cells and kind of cleans it it's like a big spring clean for your body and it's like most people don't get that because the, the popular belief is from first thing you get up in the morning put something in your put something in your mouth and every hour or two after that, you're putting something in your mouth until you go to bed, so the, the body really never gets that opportunity, and I'm pretty sure, I feel, I feel like it's 72 hours is kind of the, um, 72 hour fast would be the 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 optimal amount, I think that's uh, 72 hours is the point at which, you know, the law of diminishing returns really starts to kick in, um, sure. so whereas like, you know, you might start losing maybe a, a, a concerning amount of muscle and stuff like that if you're an athlete, um, but up to that point, it seems to be all, all all health benefits from pregnancy and pregnancy. And sure like the G, and i appreciate something like you know your body produces more white blood cells and like can can massively improve your immune system again it's, it's been a couple it's been a, a good while since i've i've looked at it or kind of read it so i don't kind of quote me on any of that but if anyone is interested in in fasting in general as a as a as a tool for health um i do think it is, is, is um and it's something that maybe i would love to have a bit of a, a deep dive with you guys maybe at a little point
2: um, one of the things that I, one of the things I think is really beneficial from fasting, even though we're not supposed, we're not really talking about it, um, is uh, one of the benefits I think is that like it, it breaks food addiction, it breaks like a, a food cycle and gives you like a, like it challenges the belief that you need to eat all the time, and then it also like stops you from like habitually grazing, and then you realize that you don't you don't really need to do that anymore, so you don't need to actually like constantly have some food, and it gives you. Um, gives you the ability to just like sort of resist and say no gives you that sort of space to just be like i don't really need it i'm fine even and like you it it lets you recognize hunger cues for real hunger cues rather than just like habitually eating so like when you're actually hungry you you feel it and you notice it's a it's very very different to just when you like you walk into the kitchen you open the fridge just out of habit so it's good at breaking that cycle yeah
0: 100 percent. i remember i did a long sentence and and that was that was my exact experience it was that Breaking breaking the cycle of eating and needing food constantly, whereas you realize you don't need it, you want it. And also my favorite part about fasting was I would consider myself a little bit of a foodie. now that doesn't mean I'm good at cooking or anything, but I really just like I yeah. really people to do food well, right? And the fantasies that would play in my head <laughs> in regards to food like, was just way like food just became way more interesting. Like I I, I found myself like if we're making spaghetti bolognese or chicken tikka. Or something that's just been on the menu for too long. I just kind of find myself very bored with it. But, like, if I was fasting, that would never be the case. You know, like, it would be, oh, I can't wait. You know, like, really salivating at the thoughts of it. You know, oh, banana for lunch, a juicy apple. Oh, fresh. Oh, like, crispy lettuce leaves. You know, it's like things become a lot more interesting because you're actually hungry. And that sincere hunger is, like, it's 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 an interesting thing, you know, because we're nearly prisoners to constantly jumping on and off this train and it's, we never get a chance to experience you know abstinence from food you know and they say like abstaining from anything makes you appreciate a little bit more absence makes the heart grow fonder and some people have a very bad relationship with food and you know we very easily not appreciate a bloody donut if, like i got to the stage loads of times where you know it's like you know it's, you're eating what would be 500 years ago the pinnacle of flavor tone and the pinnacle of what is possible like a eh, what is it all the the businesses are looking to design the perfect bliss point i think is what they call it yeah. so where you create a food item that just the right amount of salt the right amount of fat that just in your mouth is just this firework explosion to your senses and so we've come to the point where that's normal <laughs> that's not good for you yeah.
2: Yeah. definitely no, it makes uh, it makes See? the seem very uh, unappealing um, what do you actually think is the nicest uh, donut place? Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, Boston Sorry. Donuts.
0: What's the best one? Uh, Krispy Krispy Kreme is officially the best, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Is yeah, that,
1: I you know, I'd go with that. What's the best? Go place? What's the cream best, cream best I'd go one? The, the glaze, the simple ones, the, the just the simple glaze.
2: So, like the simple glaze is like, sure the secondary option. No, you
1: think don't. so? That
2: is, yeah, it isn't. It isn't. I used
1: to, I used to, I used to be kind of extravagant. Like I buy a big box of all these kind of flavored ones. But I feel like there's just too much going on. There's too much happening. Too uh, Man, They're if you rich. buy
2: a box of twelve and you've got twelve different flavors, like there's the main ones that you go for. There's the Biscoff, There's the like Kinder. and what other ones is there? There's the white chocolate one,
1: some sort of Nutella I, one.
2: Yeah, the Nut- well, I feel like the Nutella's is kind of meh compared to like the other ones, because like the Nutella's is kind of thick or something like that inside it. Um, but the Biscoff, I think, hands down, is
0: the best. Listen, listen, right? There's some there's some versions of the Krispy Kreme donut that are just like the caramel is pretty much oh. just a caramel glaze. There's the strawberry, which is a strawberry glaze. So there's variations on the glaze that are... Um, I'm very now. hungry. Yeah, well, this is it. Enjoy your calorie deficit, Chris. How's that 1,200 calories treating <laughs> you? Beautiful. yeah and
1: then again and so yeah because obviously because we actually the previous made a little bit of a, 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 a quite a short comeback um uh, there a couple of months ago and chris is the only one that managed to kind of stick it out i kind of lost um lost my desire once i realized that i couldn't compete and i was like i was i'm in portugal when you're when you're doing your when the championships are on so that kind of i was like ah there's no point um but like it. how how you feel like you're feeling confident if you're if you've ever been your your you know your sharpies ever been obviously your last if uh, foray into boxing was what three four years ago
2: yeah uh,
1: 2019 but so, so how are you feeling you're feeling you're do, you're you're gonna you're gonna do so, pretty well you're gonna do at least at least as good as the last time i'm sure
2: so i feel really fit um sharpness is like i'm getting there i feel like i'm getting sharper and sharper and um, the i've been watching myself because i gained so much weight and um, i felt really heavy as i'm losing the weight i'm starting to feel lighter and lighter like there's a big difference between 82 kilos and 78 kilos like a big fucking difference and there's going to be probably a similar difference between Joe 78 and 75. Um, I do feel a lot, a lot bouncier. I was on the bags earlier today. I was doing a little bit of shadow box and all that jazz. And I'm, my ability to keep a good pace is really good. And what I think is really, really cool is that I'm retaining like a lot of my strength as well, which is good. And then uh, how I feel like, oh, I'm getting I'm still nervous. Like I'm, I get nervous for every, every competition. But um, I can't wait to see what I do. I just can't wait to take it in and compete and see what how I do against someone else. Especially since I've been training so hard for the last year, the big thing that I'm looking forward to is just going and just being like, like I don't think there's going to be anyone as strong as me, which is like a really, really good match. Like, there's no one going to push me around. There's no one going to buy it. like Like, I I'm not sure if anyone knows, but like boxers tend to be really, really skinny and really, really light and really, really um, wiry, and uh,
0: that is not me at the moment. Like, I'm. The only thing I'm, I would I'm, say on that is. You you could always get one fecker who's just cut a severe amount of weight, like the like, kind of like you are. Like I even, remember, I remember, even I remember like that. Chris. I remember Stephen. Do you remember one of my lancers fight? I literally got into a ring, and some fella stood across from me, and he honestly looked. He honestly looked like he was four weight class above me. Like I think his name was Turles, Turles Moran. and I like so far as I know, the next year he fought. At eighty-one kg or ninety-one kg plus, and we were fighting at sixty-seven or sixty-four or something. I was like, I was like, is this the wrong fucking guy? Is like, what is going on here? Like, There's absolutely yeah. no way I'm fighting this fella, and it was. And then we met in the middle of the ring. I was like, Are you joking me? I was like, this is <laughs> So that's he that's the impression I'm What is that? That's Everybody the impression it I'm to get. The sauna. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Exactly. You spent too long the to sauna. But yeah, hundred percent, Chris. Exactly. So that would be fantastic if that gets to you. I mean, because I mean. I'd say I was. I would say I was maybe a better boxer than him, but he he wore me down just by yeah, sheer physicality. Sight. Yeah, it's 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 that's the thing. Like like I I don't know if there's any other
2: boxers in, in the championships that are going to be dead deadlifting two hundred ten kilos. I don't think so, yeah, especially no, cause in seventy-five.
1: You, yeah, because when when you look when you look at it um, objectively, you know, like your your numbers are. Or, or well above average you're, you're in the in the advanced elite category in all of your yeah. all of your strength strength and fitness metrics as far as far i don't as I know, know
0: if any i don't know if any other boxer in the country is going to have as detailed and as a consistent power lifting and strength conditioning program done and behind them as you do yeah which is really cool but you know, the, the main thing is, is a plan. I wish, I
1: wish I was going to be here so I could actually see see the fights live. Yeah.
0: Yeah, then the next question is obviously the main thing is like, how are you up to scratch with the actual skin itself?
2: Yeah. So so I did tw- uh, twelve rounds of Jerry there in the morning, and as I was doing the pads with him, like it was just like it was um it was really, really cool because I got to see like I started off just clunky, but I could feel like um sort of like old motor patterns just sort of switching on, just like switching on. So it, like it would be like a little bit clunky. Like oh, I remember that moment. And then I put my own little sort of thing into it. And then, like, as the rounds went on and on and on, I got more and more and more comfortable and the sharpness started coming back. So, yeah, uh, another couple of weeks of, of basic pad work, and it'll just all be, instead of it being this slog sort of work, it's all about power, explosiveness, building everything up. And then, the, like, literally the, the week before the fight, it'll all be, like, just skill, just fucking getting everything nice and sharp. So, I'm excited. Like, the cool thing about it is that when I train it like that there, I can just go for days. I can just keep going, which is really, really cool. My, butt, like, my athleticism is probably going to carry me through. I hope. We'll that's
0: another thing. I'm not sure if you're aware of with intermittent fasting. Um, there's alleged, I remember Dr. Ron Patrick talking about it. Like a noticeable endurance pump.
2: Hmm. But uh, drop in power. Um, could be possibly. That's no. Well, that's one of the things that I noticed when I was fasting the last time. That's a trade-off. Because I I did a I did a five day fast and I got. I remember we were doing. A, it was like the fourth day or the third day or something like that. There and we were doing high intensity intervals. <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, but remember that's that's long term fasting. This is intermittent fasting. All right yeah well that's what I'm saying so hopefully there shouldn't be too much loss in power from just intermittent fasting well once I weigh in like it's not gonna be fasting
2: anymore you know, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably have to weigh in twice uh, not- yeah, you'll make
1: you'll make you'll make you'll make you'll make, make a couple of days before that before yeah. die, but anyway
2: but um so hopefully I won't be I won't need to cut too much or not cut too much like be yeah. too restricted going into the into the ring because um
1: yeah, but cutting, cutting for anyone who doesn't know is, is is a big part of it. I said like you can give yourself a, a significant advantage by obviously by cutting weight and being a being a bigger athlete in a in a in a, in a lower category it does definitely definitely give an advantage. Um, so yeah, um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see see how it all turns out to to court and fights. Um, so he's then Brandon at least gets to go to go to a few of them. Then trying to manage work obviously is going to be going to be harder. Hard, but we, we will do do what we can. Exciting times ahead.
0: We'll see if we, can we get. See, we'll how do you guys think it? I'm going to do?
1: I, th- I think i think you're gonna win i feel like i just won i feel like you i feel like you're gonna win bar you know that there's some fucking golden kid coming up you know that might just have just been top of the circuit now for for five ten years and just maybe a little bit more match fit than you are then he has to invest anything that'll that'll beat you i feel like you will be the best athlete in the category uh be able to beat everybody unless there's somebody else like that like like dust there like somebody who's you know been, been competing on the international stage at at a high level for a couple of years um they might just you know a point you or something like that but i feel like you will definitely be the best athlete in the category you, you you've got a lot more training on your belt than said so the last time you entered at this weight class um you know so I you was, got to the final and with, with on, on what a couple of weeks training you know yeah, now cool. you've got a good training camp on your belt
2: cool, a couple of weeks training and i was stepping up weight class i was like 73 winning every day
1: yeah yeah and, then, and like, i it really, was full yeah and now, now you're different. now, now you're just a, a different athlete altogether. Um, yeah. And again, and you've, because you've been you've been doing the boxing program for so long, I feel like your your mind is still sharp in terms of kind of tactical, tactical and technical awareness. Um. So you know, it's interesting. But I, and that's the cool thing about boxing, though. You know, anything can happen. But you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be betting against you anyway.
0: All I'm saying is, I had a, I had a big fight against, um, I had a big fight against the guy on who was going run the international circuit for a while, and thinking back. To that experience like I've learned so much from that experience like that, that ex- getting beat by him changed how I thought about boxing like because it was like just absolutely shots coming from nowhere head up fight stopped that was literally the most learning I ever did in a fight and I would say if I fought him now again the improvement that there would have been just from having that fight significant and I feel like the fact that you have the Gabriel Dawson fight behind you is like now you understand and you've trained with that and you understand that and tuck that into your drills and i i feel like even if you came up against someone like him again i feel like now you'd have a significant jump up on that like i really have a fucking very high hopes for you this 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 tournament and again yeah. i think that if you are beat i think it's going to be a fucking i think it's going to be a very tight fight and he's going to have to work his fucking hold off for it
1: yeah that's that's one of you we guaranteed that you're going to like anybody that gets in the ring is going to be dragged into the trenches and they better be able to find the trenches, otherwise they're not—they're not going to be able to compete. That's—I feel like that's going to be your secret weapon. Said your—your—your—your your strength and conditioning. Um, I
0: think. I think. I think if anybody beats you, I think they fucking deserve it. That's what I think. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah no,
1: exciting times ahead. Um, and then what else do we have to talk about then, guys? We still got the so obviously got, we we plugged plug the fight fit games, plugged the retreat. Um, we plugged Chris's Chris's boxing. Is there anything else that's happening You we've done deadlifts today. We've got um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot a lot a lot of new PBs. Yeah, um, with our deadlifts. Let so, me have a look. I'm going to pull up the wee summary grid here. Any 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 major comments? I know Matt's yeah, got so, a new PB today. I was at the session. By
2: well, the way, just so anyone who's not doing uh, who doesn't go to fight and fit won't already know what's going on. But for the last day, four weeks. This is week number five we've been a uh, trainer deadlift at least once a week and um, building going from the week one uh, was going five reps uh week two was going four week three was going three uh or week three was going three week four is going two and then this week five test and going for the big one rms and um, for anyone who's on the lower levels don't be going for one rms they'll be going for eight rms and five rms but um as you
0: start building into the higher levels like it's all going for that one big big one rm is rep max so yeah, one RM, five RM, eight RM is rep max. I know that seems self-explanatory. But somebody today asked me what a PB was, and I was like, "All right, okay, maybe we should explain." <laughs> doesn't yeah, get in, get in touch with the lingo. This is it. So PB is personal best, not peanut butter. All right. Hmm.
1: <laughs> and yeah, you mentioned right. Paul Paul Happenny, one of our one of yes. our best athletes. He got to, he, he broke the two hundred kilo mark today with his deadlift.
2: Yeah, so Paul Happenny is just fucking absolute savage. Uh, he told me like he told me I, when he first came in i think he was dead left 140 something like that there 140 150 maybe I mean, he was pretty strong coming in um and then he's a big, he's a big dude he's a big 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 athlete yeah he's i think he's 84 85 kilos now um he's, he's pretty big uh and he's just an absolute savage anything you time to do he just does it as hard as he but he can like he's a He's tough, mentally or, tough, physically tough. Or even if you tell him not to do it that hard, he'll do it that hard anyway. Yeah, yeah. no. But one of the, he's one of those people where you're like, I don't think he can do it, and he's like, We'll see.
0: <laughs> he's like, I'll show you. Yeah. Not even we'll see. It's watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And
1: you got you got, he's mentioned that there's there only four people, four people in the gym that are broke to 200 kilo mark. Yep.
2: Yeah. So that's me. That's a uh, Peter. That is Paul, and then Mark.
0: What's Mark's second off. name, brother? In fairness to Mark, Mark could do mark when he Murphy. walked in. Yeah, yeah. Mark Marcus is uh, two hundred KG ready. He's
2: yeah, a
1: yeah, big yeah. Guy. He's, 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 a, he's a big big dude. He's like six odd 40 must be is he 120 120 kilos, something like that. Big dude,
0: anyway. Big strong guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: I know because one of the one of the things guys people need to understand, especially with the deadlift as well, is that it is a counter-reliever movement. So mass moves mass. So the bigger the athletes, the more weight you can naturally move. Um so like one of the best ways to kind of measure strength gains I find anyway is obviously the the let's say weight to body weight ratio, like the you know, like are you lifting one and a half times two times two and a half times your body weight like a, a an elite is whatever right and say an elite standard for well maybe not elite but an advanced standard for deadlift if would be two and a half times body weight would that be there yeah, would that I be too think much
0: so three and a half times body weight 70
1: 75 so say if you're 75 kilos you're doing 150 would be double body weight one and a half then would be say like what 185 190 what do we so two, and a, half, two and, and a half would be
2: 187. If you're 75 kilos, it would be 187 and a half kilos. Yeah. Wait, so bad, so. kilo Wait. away. So what am I? Actually, let me see, because I'm 78. Let's see. 210 divided by... 210 is divided by 78, yeah. 2.69. So 2.7. 2.7. 2. 7. 2.7 times your body weight, weight. I think three times your body weight is there is like elite, elite. Elite, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So two and a half here. would be advanced.
1: Three times would be elite, would be I'm sure.
2: Peter's going for a 500 pound soon, a 500 pound deadlift. That's 225, something like that. That's a lot of weight. That's 500 500 pounds. Oh. I uh, I buy like once you when you start just lifting consistently, like the weights just get heavier. They just get heavier and heavier and heavier, and it's like yeah, you, yeah. you just have the ability to do it every time. Like when I did my 210, I didn't think I was going to do it. I didn't even expect to do it that night, and I just did it. It was a, uh, it's weird.
0: I, know I do I, I do I do find I do find consistency with weight training really is obviously good like I feel like people kind of over talk it. it's like good form obviously is important and like proper movement mechanics. Some people like just need to do the extra work because they're just not in a good position or they're loading it something in a way that shouldn't be loaded. But once you get into a good position, like you're fairly consistent with it, you know, over a period period of six weeks, if you really are pushing hard, you know, like you'll get you'll get well, significant results.
2: The way, the way I view it is that strength is a skill and it's like the more you practice it, the better you get. That's literally the way it works. Like if you just practice, you get stronger. So like 90%, I, one of the things I noticed about coaching people through the beginning part of it, you know, people going from yellows to oranges to blues, is like 90% of it is coordination and like getting used to producing more force. Like not necessarily getting stronger, just getting used to having the confidence to move more
0: and more weight safely. And I, as, as I, I, found, I found just putting people in a good position. Is is like we'll just like if I can get you in a good position to go, you're like ah, you know, just and then if needed, like I said, if they are the kind of person who just doesn't dig that deep, you know, just not used to producing a kind of strength, you just have to scream at them, you know, like ah, you know, like you have to amp them up and get them to that place. But once you're in a good position, and you know, why do you think that is?
2: Why do you think like the emotional part of it, like the because I I, one of the things that happened to me this morning, I was going to go for I got two o five this morning, I was going to go for two ten, I went for two ten, and then. Because like the class sort of split up, and I was still building my weights, and I was sort of on my own. I just sort of lost the the umph. And uh, if there's like loads of people around you, there's all that hype and all that jazz, it just forces you to to get that little bit more
0: behind. I it. know. I seen him. Um, I seen. I think J.J. Holland, um, and mm. or maybe it was his his younger brother was competing there. And I seen the whole setup for it, and it's just like it just screams posh. As yeah, hard yeah. as you can. Like a whole team of people there cheering on, the lights, your name. Your fucking picture. Here we go. It's your moment. Ah! Yeah. yeah. That's what it's like know.
2: training with them. That's what it's like yeah. training with them as well. It's cool. It's really, real, yeah. real cool. It is. Actually, I
1: have I've Kevin, Kevin's scheduled for a call later on this afternoon and Scott's coming in to do a free trial of the U program.
0: Oh, oh no happy way. days. That's cool. Oh, hey. Unreal. That's actually deadly. For toxic, I was, I was coaching somebody today. I was coaching somebody today on a deadlift and they literally, just as they went to lift, the bar pushed out an inch and just went out. It just went out an inch away from them and they didn't get it. And then to them, they didn't notice that. So they were like, Oh, I can't lift this weight. And it's like, no, 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 no. It rolled away. Pull it back, set it tight and pull again. And it goes up. And so the thing is obviously with these lifts and because you're obviously working at the edge of your potential is like the little things really, really add up like two or three little things gone wrong. That will make or break your If one thing at your absolute PB, we'll make it because you're on a a knife's edge anyway you know it's like if it's a real pb it's like that's just about all you can do and no more if if you if you set yourself up right and you've built your session right it's like that's where you're at brilliant stuff so we're not there plus an inch we're not there plus oh you can afford an extra kilo on your back there it's like we're there and no more get it all tight and so or it's like it's not get it all there but be thinking about your lunch it's like get it all there and focus on the lift everything else we need your max capacity for this and to be, that's one thing i absolutely loved 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 about jim o'neill in my corner is like he would and i it's something i found i i, I became quite good at doing it with the white collar like i could just amp these people up to where it's like we're going or we're dying you know it's like and to be able to get people in that headspace is so important for physical fitness and Obviously, maybe it's it's hard to be there every day, but it's so important for for digging deep and pulling it out of you. Absolutely,
1: because like it's all about really breaking breaking limiting beliefs and like what, what what people are actually capable of. You know how how far people can actually push. They just have maybe a limited 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 life experience of kind of being outside the comfort zone in that capacity that they're just not aware of what they can do. So that their their wall might be here at sixty kilos, but like literally without doing any more training just kind of believing in yourself and obviously with good technique and good coaching you know you could you could add you know but not, but not, even, that. Lift. not
0: even that if, if, if if you, about, like, what about the big boys right if you what about,
1: if you genuine with all your all your first order,
0: but that's what about what about the big boys right who take shit loads of caffeine and sniffing sauce because they know i i can't even ah even with the music i can't get myself there like we just need and sometimes, like, to get that little bit more, you just need something else. And sometimes, like Chris said, it's the audience, you know. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it is fucking smelling salts, you know. Maybe it is that song. But it's like sometimes, we, even when with all the will in the world, you can't get there. That's why, like, for me, like, I really want to be as fit as I possibly can and to be successful long-term in my fitness journey and really make a sustainable, impressive progress over the course of the year. And I can still show up to the gym and just feel like, oh, and so I was like, I know I put David Goggins in my ears and it kind of gets me that state. But it's like, sometimes just getting there yourself is just ridiculously hard. So, you know, getting an understanding for what gets you to that place, I think is so important as well. Because it's not just as easy as want it more. You know, you, sometimes you can't just will it. Like I'm sure with all the will in the world, Chris, for 210, you wanted that atmosphere to be there, but it just wasn't there. So it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's in your control sometimes, I feel. Well, well,
2: one of the things as well that happens is like, wait, when you have that, that thing around you and you push it's like if something like one of the things that happened like i put went to pull the bar went and then like took all the slack out of the bar the bar was bending trying to pull it and then my hips shot up now when my hips shot up i was like oh back comes in here careful no definitely not going to do this because you don't want to put it at risk and you have that doubt and all that jazz yeah. as well and fatigue and all that jazz like when you're doing strength training you're after lifting and lifting and lifting your nervous system can get shot like it can just yeah. like it takes all of the world, in the world it's like a batter or like a capacitor you know, it fires and it like,
0: needs time to.
2: To build back up.
0: But sometimes, sometimes again, like, I found myself, like, even, like, if I went, let's say, 50, 60, 70 on, on cleans or snatches or something, and then I go for my PB and I miss it, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, I couldn't even just straight away, like, I didn't even get the lift. I couldn't even go back and do the last lift that I did because I am just, oh, mentally, I'm just burnt out now.
2: Yeah. That's what, one of the things about um, your nervous system getting tired is that, like, it feels like frustration. feels like, oh, or, like, like, just like, oh.
0: That's yeah, what it feels like. yeah,
1: hundred percent. That's what it feels like. That's why one of the things I feel is one of the mass benefits of group training. Like training, as you said, like I feel like the audience is important. I feel like, well, I perform better with an audience, like versus kind of doing yourself. When you're doing yourself, I feel like when I'm training by myself, I feel like I take exceptionally long breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I take well, long the, breaks between sets.
2: That that's why I love strength training. But one of the way one of the ways you can make someone start working harder is you just go, just nah. start them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like, just start training harder. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Or me, Chris,
0: it. me and Chris. When everybody had the horror monitors, me and Chris would play a wee game. We were coaching back in the old place. We were coaching together, and Chris would be like, "Brian, watch this." And he'd walk over to some client and just stand beside them, and <laughs> you yeah. just, just see their heart rate just climbing up. And then he'd like walk away, he'd start going back there, he walk beside somebody else, the nah, rate and just start climbing up. <laughs> and it's just like it, it is. There and there is a there is studies done on that. You know, just the observer, the effect of the observer. Yeah, it's crazy. No, that was actually hilarious. That was hilarious. that was, a, that, was a, that
1: is, that, awesome. is that I feel like I want to I would go through a little bit of a renaissance mission and bring back the the Horrid Monitors. Yeah, um, I
2: agree. Jim, like I like I,
1: them. I, Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's cool. Obviously, with COVID and stuff, we kind of borrowing the monitors and stuff didn't really work. It wasn't an option. I'm not sure. I might go back to it now. Ideally, the best case scenario is people kind of buy their own. It's a great bit of kit. Great something cool to add to the gym bag, or it's going to help you get a lot more out of your sessions. Just makes you work when you're on the tv and everyone can see especially the coach can see how hard you're working if it's a you know obviously not necessarily for all the exercise but if it's a conditioning type thing and somewhere you should be kind of trained with high intensity like you know it's there's a big difference between 80 and 90 percent in terms of um, effort but also um, you're know, making sure that you're training the right the right energy system as well um so yeah I know. I think it's handy as well, like, especially new people. People get to know each other's names. I think there's also uh, uh, some other benefits to to it as well.
0: And also, yeah, well and, and also the big thing as well is like it's just another metric. Like it's just nice for like, especially for like a newbie. It's like you know, doing skipping. You know, like oh, skipping indefinitely or doing jumping jacks. It's like oh no, I can take my focus on my, my heart rate because I it, like fair enough. It is a little. It is a little bit gimmicky, but I mean, like it's a very effective gimmick. Like it's fucking class. Who doesn't want to see that? Like if you had to said to me back in the day you want to see your heart rate in a training? I was like, obviously get that up on the screen. It's so cool. Like it is so cool to have your heart rate yeah, 100%. available. Like it's such a cool technology. It's unreal.
1: Yeah. And again, they I mean, can say like, like there is a lot of good research that shows like, you know, like training at the appropriate heart rate zone, like is the most optimal or the most efficient way to train. Like, you know, like train, train at the appropriate intensity is, is important. Um, and also is heart rate the best way to measure appropriate intensity for all things. Like it's not definitely not the best way to measure appropriate intensity for strength training, but, for kind of more conditioning type activities, um, high intensity interval training, that can be a very, very useful. Sometimes
0: it can even be a detriment in strength training because you get people walking away and they're feeling disappointed. It's like, that's
1: not... Yeah, because I didn't didn't burn a lot of calories.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's actually, that's one of my pet peeves. That's one
2: of my, like, as a coach, I'm like, look, if you knew what I knew, you'd be really happy with that workout. I know, know, you're... You don't have to be absolutely wrecked from a workout.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and not even... even, even, Another one is like, you don't necessarily have to be sweaty. You don't, yeah, be, yeah. you don't have to necessarily even be sweating that much especially again if it's strength focused and strength training is one of the most important things when it comes to longevity maintaining muscle mass and maintaining strength through life there's a a direct correlation between people who maintain strength and people who get sick people get strong it's very hard to kill strong people um as a, as a as a mantra for life um you know so try and stay strong stay strong strong for as long as you can i think it was something as well something else i think it was can't remember. It was on a podcast. Or something that said like um, the top percent of runners, like practically don't get sick at all. Like they don't they don't die. They don't die young anyway. Uh, the top, I think, maybe the top ten percent of runners, people that can people that have a certain uh, certain output when it comes to cardiovascular performance, rarely rarely die young. So that's, that's just something to something to be mindful of. What
0: about this for another renaissance? Um, I was thinking about this the other day because I was doing a little bit of my own training. I was go doing on. it with some PTs, <laughs> um, circuits. Obviously, I know we do. I know we do circuits on Friday, but even just as some of the classes, structuring the, some of the workouts that we do now, same style, but just circuit style. I don't know. I just find like now the COVID's over. Just that, I just I just love circuits. I just love it. They go, "Oh, we're all in this together. I don't know. I just I just love circuits now again. I'm I'm, I'm feeling them.
1: Yeah, hundred. No, I I agree. If any, anyone's listening, let us know what what is your favorite. What is your favorite kind of workout? What do you like the most? What do you like the least? What would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? As I said. For us, kind of especially Chris, obviously doing the program, you know, it's 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 obviously first off, it's going to be hard to keep everybody happy because people kind of like so like, like keep happy. We're trying to make sure that you know that the workouts are as effective as possible in terms of kind of keeping people strong and fit, and also helping people with their with the body transformations. But as we say regularly, you know, having fun is the most important part. Like you know, if people aren't having fun, they're not going to stick, and you know, you're going to lose them. Our goal is to keep people over the long term, so yes, we can really kind of make long term sustainable change. So if you okay. give feedback, we obviously we obviously. I think it's way yeah. better
0: for you to do 12 weeks rather than do 12 weeks of the most optimized strength program ever, just to do bodyweight work that you enjoy, you know, for 12 years is obviously going to, so it's like, all right, you did 12 weeks. That's fantastic. You didn't enjoy it. All right. Okay. Well that's not going to be that beneficial to the term. Somebody just doing air squats every day for 12 years. It's obviously going to be a better Nick. So this is a lot sustainability is key nutrition and exercise. Yes, enjoy
2: it. Yeah.
0: That's and actually- and, and this, is why,
1: this is why people quit. People only, there's a lot of people out there that only train when they want to lose weight. And again, I've been guilty of this in the past, maybe not so much in the last couple of years. But you know, only only really training when you're when you're thinking that it's kind of like, yeah. Even if I'm getting fat, I'm still going to train. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just yeah. to kind of keep up training. at least three days a week, no matter what. You know, what I mean, whether my diet's good or not. Whereas that's the problem. It's always a double-edged sword for a lot of people. It's like when they're not training or when they're not dieting. Those sorts of things. when they're not dieting, they're not training. If you at least trained when you weren't dieting, at least you could build muscle. At least you could get stronger. At least yeah. you know you you could still get something out. of You, you could build your metabolism up. Um, so when or you're already committed
0: to nutrition. One that I've had this year is dieting when I'm not training. Like, I haven't been able to really do much weight training, and I haven't been like, and I was somebody who only ever trained to get fit. Like, I would, and like, so my fitness would come in big peaks and big valleys. Like, I just wouldn't be fit for periods of time, and I'd be, you know, super fit. And then it was that one. and off. And I, I nearly found that that was worse. <laughs> that was worse for me. And so it's like one thing I started, to like I just like try and keep that nutrition strategy strong. Like, and again, it's not, a, it's not a void of sugar or snacks or anything like that, but it's just like, Protein's consistent, like protein and fruits and vegetables are just constantly in my diet. And like I said, the body fat has fluctuated high, it's fluctuated low. But Brandon, remember you just not like vegetables. Yeah, I do. That's actually back to I was talking to somebody this yesterday. Was the inter- intermittent fasting really opened my eyes? Like I really put my fir- onions on my first bit of food when I was fasting, salad on my first bit of food when I was fasting. Because if you actually, I was looking there recently enough through my stories of of that OMAD. And it was all shit food. Like, I would not post that now. I was, I'm looking back, I'm ashamed at the shite that I was eating. Like, it really was terrible. And now if I was doing it, I'd do it completely different. I must actually do it again just for just for the lulls. But, like, now it would be so much more balanced because before, you know, like I said, I really didn't like vegetables. And now I'd eat salad, i eat the onions, I'd eat, you know, plenty of fruits, lots of different varieties, smoothies, all kinds kind of stuff. Before, like, my palate was just so sensitive. I was people to people people eat, like a, like, a boiled carrot and start gagging like it's really really shitty stuff but again that's a testament anybody thinks you can't like vegetables the same thing as people who think they can't run or can't do deadlifts it's like you just have to start a grassroots and build your way there there's yeah.
2: a there's a cool strategy for uh, trying to implement more vegetables and it's like what do you what do you want what are you willing to do and what will you actually do want willing and will do so uh like create a list three different or get a page write down what do you want to do what are you willing to do and then what um what will you actually do so like all the vegetables that you want to be able to eat and then all the ones that you actually want to eat and then all the ones that you'll be um actually willing to eat. And
0: yeah, then you give yourself
2: cop-out, vegetables you'll never eat. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ones that you oh, yeah, the ones that you won't eat as well. That's an important part. So like the ones you absolutely do not want to eat at all, like make sure you know what they are and like give yourself permission not to like them. I had a, I actually called one of the clients the other morning um and he was finding it real, real hard. And he's like, Oh, I just don't like vegetables. It turns out like he really likes carrots, he likes broccoli, he likes Brussels sprouts. It's just, yeah. he didn't like a, he didn't like any of the main ones, which was like, I just thought it was like, I was like, if you don't like them, you don't have to eat them. Like, you don't like tomatoes. No, I hate tomatoes. Like never, I never eat tomatoes. Um, mushrooms never eat mushrooms like you don't have to eat them if you don't want to They're my two favorites i was just gonna say
1: <laughs> i love tomatoes nothing i love but like in, in strandfield scrambled eggs with mushrooms and tomatoes Like one of my favorite
2: Man, meal. literally literally the worst thing on the
1: planet really yeah um nobody nobody's in a massive rush order because just one more thing i want to share before we before we shoot off just in terms of kind of talking about renaissance i know i was kind of mention earlier on like two of the big kind of folks is, uh, uh this week and next week is obviously one is going to be the fight for fit games because i said it's our our, our first ever fighting for games then we have the space to actually run an event like this we're, we're, we're buzzing for it. we can't can't wait so if you're a member do get signed up asap i said i will be closing registration on Wednesdays so we can kind of just make the best plan possible with the Knowing, knowing what kind of numbers we have so we can kind of split team, people up in the teams and that kind of fun stuff but the last one is one of the key things that we've kind of moved from away because we touched on the the horror trend was the the wins and kind of the regularity of the wins and even the way the the workouts a little bit longer it's hard a little bit harder for us to kind of catch people uh, to do wins but kind of obviously on covid we kind of moved towards more of a uh, a trust-based system uh, a self-reporting based system but one of the things we will be doing over the next a while is so this is kind of just one of the first of many warnings every week the the pressure will increase uh, for compliance for people who have weight loss goals to get them wins done very regularly and it also correlates what i've earlier everyone about you know everything popular is wrong and that brings you on to the the thing where it's like you know people say like weighing yourself is not good or not healthy, like we shouldn't be, be weighing ourselves regularly. Um, but remember, it's not the scales, it's a story we have about what the scales means that is the problem because research mm-hmm. actually shows People who weigh in regularly lose more weight and keep the weight off longer. So I've just pulled up uh, for anyone who's listening, or not watching. I've just pulled up uh, um, an article here uh, from WebMD, which is one of the you know one of the best sources on, on the internet for this type of stuff, um, which kind of basically compiles all the all the data and all the studies. And basically, there was a two-year uh, university study that found that tracking results of daily weight weight checks on a chart helped people lose weight and keep it off. Um, People who lost weight with this approach in the first year maintained that weight loss throughout the second year, the researcher said. That result is significant because previous studies have shown that about 40% of weight loss is regained within a year and nearly 100% is regained within five years. Whereas with this approach, most people kept um, the weight off during that second year. This approach, again, forces you to be aware of the connection between eating and your weight. It used to be taught that you shouldn't weigh yourself in daily, and this is just uh, this is just the reverse. So it's shown shown the opposite of the, the common belief. It seems to work better for men than women for reasons we cannot figure yet. And again, I would say as a generalization, you know, it's because I feel like women have more negative stories relating to the weight loss. But again, I obviously when we do this, we don't just do weight loss, we do body stats, and a body stats check includes Weight, body fat measurements, they say inches, progress photos. So we've got uh, uh we've got more context to kind of what that weight means. But the weigh should be like your red flag. It's like listen, it's the easiest <laughs> thing to measure. If you measure quite regularly, you get to understand your your natural weight fluctuations. When you stand the scales, you feel like you're doing everything right. It's not going down. Then that's an opportunity to have a look at your body fat, have a look at your inches, have a look at your progress photos. And if you feel like you're not making progress in any area, then. They said we need to have a deeper dive and have a look at your program, your nutrition, and see okay what needs to change here because obviously uh, you know it's 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 not getting you the desired effect. But a lot of it, I feel it just comes out Here's what I would say: right? and, and, and awareness. Would
0: say. See, see the the fact that like these people struggle with like weight loss for toxic. Like they're they're starting to have an issue with the result on the scales. Right. So the type of person that needs to lose weight is probably somebody who struggles with nutrition anyway. All right. Fair fair enough to say. People who are overweight, and are therefore trying to get weight loss results, are going to struggle adhering to a diet. Fair enough, right? Most people don't have a balanced nutrition strategy, because for me, I think tasty dieting is really only starting to take surface now in the last five years, because before that was really just, you know, boring bland ass salads and foods, which is really, really hard to stick. So most women aren't going to get a positive clear result for about four weeks because of their cycle so they have to go through four weeks of pretty much not knowing for some women they're not going to get really know because they're you know their their cycle could be really like cause massive fluctuations for whatever reasons hormonally but that doesn't mean that the weight loss the fat loss underneath the surface as much
1: as two worse. to five pounds
0: yeah and so to say to them that means that you have to get your diet in faith on track for four weeks straight and then tell me it's like okay that was actually you know you're pretty damn near perfect and so to get that is like without being thrown off by fluctuations in, in wanes from week to week it's like obviously you've got a little bit more of a, an uphill battle to work with there
1: the tactical error that these people make is that they're not collecting enough data they don't have enough data they've got sporadic data maybe once yeah. a week and again yeah. i just sometimes an emphasis to kind of really tell clients when they're when, they're, when i'm on board and I'm kind of with our consultations, that kind of stuff is like Monday it traditionally is international win day. We used to do Monday Wayne, Slim and Worlds, you know, all this most popular day to win is Monday. Everyone, you know, international win day, Monday. But it's actually if you think about it, it's actually the worst day of the week to win. Okay. Um, if you win on Mondays, Weekend is when most people are likely to have social events, alcohol, takeaways, processed foods, etc. This is so your weight is most likely to to be uh, fluctuated on Monday due to water weight and kind of say your actions and behaviors over the weekend. Okay, fair enough. Uh, everyone struggles over the weekend, or it's it's at least harder relative to during the week when we're in a better routine. So. It's much better, I think, then, if you're looking to see progress, is to weigh yourself every Friday. So this kind of we've moved towards a Monday and Friday kind of weighing in cycle. So if you wait on Friday, you get to see what kind of progress you've made after, say, five good days in a row. On the Friday, now, you've seen that I've lost two pounds. Now, I'm much more motivated over the weekend to keep it up because now, psychologically, I think it was the Harvard study um, showed that you know, progress equals motivation. When I can see that it's working. When I can see the progress, I'm much more likely to keep it up. If I said, Chris, give me... I'll give you a hundred euro. If you lose two pounds this week, you are like, okay, that's kind of motivating. Whereas I said, Chris, if you don't lose two pounds, you have to give me a hundred euro. So you're much more likely to, you know, to act in a way that protects what you already have. So you already know going into the weekend that I've already lost two pounds. I don't want to fuck it up. I don't want to lose this. I want to, I want to maintain the results that I already have. And because mm-hmm. you also see that the progress, that the plan is working, you're much more motivated. Whereas a lot of people are doing is to lose a pound Monday to Friday, gain that pound friday to sunday they never get to see the progress they lose motivation over over a couple of weeks and then as i said for with the tactical air with the ladies makers because their weight can fluctuate so many times over the month they're not the they're not collecting enough data to be able to sit back and look at their three-month trend. Like for me, for example, like I've started weighing every day. I will most days, um, you know, at least three, four days a week, five days a week, usually, maybe not so much in the weekends, maybe just once over the weekends or whatever. But I am actually, to be fair, I am pretty decent. And I would actually probably get about six days. But I've lost about 10 kilograms this week or this year <sighs> using... A daily, so, a daily yes, we, kind, of, yeah. uh, uh, kind of schedule, you know, and I use the the Withings scale just to give them a little bit of a plug, and especially for any members, Withings integrates with the Fine Fit app, meaning that I can literally just connect, stand on my scales in the bathroom, they're connected to Wi Fi, and they automatically update my my app every day. So for them ladies, that maybe for ladies, you should be comparing because of the menstruation cycle, Monday to Monday, Tuesday to Tuesday, or the first week of the cycle. To the first week of the cycle, the second week of the cycle, to the second week of the cycle, kind of really looking maybe more month to month, um, rather than say like week to week or day to day. Like you collect the data day to day, but you don't expect the weight to go down every day. So it's not necessarily the but, we have about the weigh-ins.
0: The other side of it is one of the reasons maybe people say, and maybe why it's not bad advice is say, Oh, don't check, don't check the in every day or every week, is because really what you should be focused on is the process absolutely nail in the process because really like i said weighing in every day is not going to serve you any well if you're actually not doing the work so the big thing is like one do you put like don't weigh in but put your heart and soul into the work and i mean that with your genuine best effort no bullshit no deviations no no snacks no and if there is snacks that they're factored in snacks that's well planned out methodical strategy and you implement it with your heart and soul we know it's going to work this is a numbers game we offer results guaranteed your money back for that very reason because this isn't like oh i hope it works so your fingers crossed this is like when you do this we know it's going to work the numbers are the numbers it's like saying you know this is how much your electricity cost per unit how many units did you use that's your bill at the end of the month you know and so it's like it's literally it's numbers it's not all this other stuff and so if you can really nail in the the process fair enough you weigh in every week you're going to notice a big jump but the problem is when your engagement with the process relies on a positive result we start running into a bit of trouble and
2: one thing i want to start i want to mention as well is that when people start a program like this um normally it's because they've been gaining weight for a while yeah they've been gaining weight for a while and then what they do is they do change they make like a they make an improvement and instead of going from a calorie surplus they go to maintenance and then they stop gaining weight and yeah, they don't yeah. see that as progress as well and i think that's mm-hmm. important to to keep in mind so like if you have been gaining weight Joan, you, know, you go from gaining weight to not gaining weight yeah. that's a
0: big plus that's Great a big problem. plus we're not, yeah. we're,
2: we're not going backwards anymore
0: you're actually yeah. actually this year you would have been up six kilo you're actually same weight so you're actually up six you're actually bonus six so you keelor. technically are making progress yeah you, you're, and actually, you're fitter. yeah yeah
1: yeah, and, and you've, you've built a better routine with exercise, you're drinking more water, your, your sleep might be better. Again, there, there is a lot of stuff outside of the weight loss that isn't. But again, at the end of the day, I kind of feel like our job as coaches is to meet people where they're at. The most important thing for most people is to lose weight and lose weight quickly because it's 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 creating a lot of pain in their life. Um, so... You know, for in terms of like you know the 80-20 principle, like what are the core actions and behaviors you can focus on? People who weigh in more regularly lose more weight and keep the weight off longer because they're much more mindful, they're much more aware, they're much more conscious of how their actions and behavior day to day are affecting the number that they care that they care about the most. It's not the thing I care about the most; it's the thing that you care about the most. So what I'm saying, like, look, we got it, we got it, we got to check this regularly. If this is how you're going to assess the program and assess your results and assess your experience, well then let's make sure that we're looking at this and we're looking at it regularly because like nutrition obviously you know can can be as complex as you make it but at the end of the day if you ask yourself before you eat every meal and you ask yourself before you made any any nutrition basis if you just ask yourself is this going to move me closer or further away from my goal intuitively you're going to get it right 99 percent of the time we all know like you know we know what's <laughs> we know, what's, we, know what's we know when the portion is too big we know when the portion is too small we, we know if it's you know we, we can just we can tell um but getting that getting that feedback quickly, where so, rather than the, you know, what happened over COVID was people didn't weigh themselves for two years, and I was talking I've talked to over hundred people that you know gained you know one to three stone um, just from checking out and not not yeah. being aware of the kind of the ostrich approach or the head in the sand approach it doesn't work for most people, and that's that's just the reality. But that's what we've seen. Not only is that what the study suggests, that's what we've seen day to day working with clients. People who weigh yeah. themselves. Often, people who do this stuff regularly are our best clients and are the people who get the best results. Like it doesn't happen. Somebody does the nine-day program, weighs themselves at the start, forgets every week, but weighs themselves at the end. They're like, oh my god, I lost two stone. Never happened. Never once. Probably will never happen.
0: And what? Why? Why did? Why did people gain weight during COVID? Because you know, it's like that's the, the biggest issues for most people is just that we use food or alcohol to soothe and for boredom. Boredom, and that just in, in, increased dramatically over COVID. It's like it's not the people. You know, it's, it's it's not necessarily that everybody had the hardest time in the world during COVID. Even though some people did, it's literally just the fact. That it's like, well, when you're bored, what do you do? And again, not not what do you do, everybody. You know, because not everybody does it. Some people thrived under under these circumstances. Some people didn't, and that's not a judgment call. It's just what happened. And so, it's like, right, well, what do you, what do you do when you when you're bored? Well, if you've gained a lot of weight, it's a good chance to eat and drink. And maybe both. And then again, if you're if, if you really did struggle during COVID and you're locked down, you know, what do you do when you're isolated? It's like maybe you eat and you drink, and that's kind of the problem. And an awful lot of the kind of research that I've been doing lately in the books that I've been listening to, it doesn't necessarily even matter so much. And we kind of touched on this a little bit with you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, when when our needs aren't met and as a person, you know, we're struggling either emotionally or physically or for whatever reason, you know, we, we, we're we not our best selves. We we can't perform as our best selves until we meet those needs. And some people are traumatized from a very young age. And I know I've been talking to Chris a little bit about this, about, you know, people who generally like, who are these overweight people, these people with like self-esteem issues maybe that let themselves get very you know they they let their standard for themselves slip and are struggling and battling and they want it to be better but they feel helpless and so these people are generally traumatized and have you know some issues that need resolved and generally speaking that's what the issue is and it's not actually the food it's actually this underlying issue and we can keep saying nutrition 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 but if you keep having this need to self-soothe and food is your vice well then it's not until we we fix that issue that you're having or and you know not why i say we i mean them and maybe with some professional counseling you know maybe that's the route that you need to go down to kind of work this because maybe we, we we could give you the best diet plan and the best this and the best that but you still need your advice because that's how you soothe yourself so yeah yeah
1: 100 all right cool, guys well we're definitely over time for today but again great to great to have the three of us on a podcast first time in a long time yeah. um, so it's going to be happening every single week so if you like the podcast make sure to like share Send it to your friends, give us questions and feedback. You know, send a feel free to send us a message. We are open books. We're very, very happy to help people. Clients or not a client. Uh, you know, no such thing as a silly question. We will definitely help you in, in any possible way we can. But again, thanks for listening, lads. Thanks for joining me and we will
0: see you next week. Peace. Peace.